Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. They're calling it a cave by Chuck Schumer and the Democrats on the government shutdown. Chuck Schumer actually did his job. He took a bullet for 10 Democratic senators. It's anything but consensus in the wake of the shutdown showdown. There were uh, a number of very prominent Democrats who ended up voting against this deal. Uh, I'll name a couple of names. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders. What do they all have in common? Oh, they, they might be presidential candidates in 2020s. And DACA and immigration. The headline discussion. I'm not really confident that by February 8th, which is in just a few weeks, there's going to be an immigration deal on the table. I'm Tim Wenger. On the podcast, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. A stopgap measure will keep the government open until February 8th, meaning thousands of federal workers will return to work. Democrats reluctantly voting to temporarily pay for resumed government operations after Republicans assured that the Senate would soon take up the plight of young immigrant dreamers and other contentious issues. It's seen as caving, but you have to look a little deeper. That's Alex Castellanos, political contributor on WBEN, and talking with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski on what's being reported as the caving by Senator Schumer and the Democrats. Chuck Schumer actually did his job. He took a bullet for 10 Democratic senators who are running for re-election in red states in 2018. They didn't want to have a big government shutdown hanging over their heads. They caused that. And who stepped uh, up and and took that shot uh, in front of them? Chuck Schumer. He did his job. He was the bad cop so they could be the good cop. But those uh, 2020 Democrats you're talking about running for president, they're actually not that unhappy with Chuck Schumer either because they got an issue. Now they can say Chuck Schumer is the establishment. We're changed. We're outsiders. We really represent the dreamers. So there may be a lot of noise on the surface, but Chuck Schumer's keeping his job. Alex, what about President Trump? How is, is he being seen now that the shutdown's over? Well, you know, Trump, uh, this erratic, uncertain president, keeps scoring points. <laughs> um, it, it may be that uh, nothing unites the people of Earth like a threat from Mars, and Donald Trump's uncertainty and erratic style is that threat to both establishment Republicans and Democrats in Washington. They threw up their hands and said, we don't know what this guy wants. Uh, so we've got to come up with something on our own. They did. Trump's uncertain nature drove them to get a deal together, and then Trump did something we've hardly ever seen. He stopped tweeting over the weekend. He said, Democrats, you want to shut down the government? Go ahead. He called their bluff, and uh, they came to the table. What do you see happening over the next few weeks? Are we just going to do this same thing over again? Wash, rinse, repeat. 
we're going to be in the same place in about three weeks. It took two weeks for Washington to figure out a way to keep the government open three weeks. Not a good sign. Uh, yes, it's going to stagger on like this. Republicans would love to provide some certainty for the military so they don't have to open the newspaper and find out if they can afford any bullets. Democrats do want to deal on DACA. Maybe there's a slight shot, but neither side wants to give the other a political victory going into 2018. All right, what do you see happening with the Dreamers? Uh, waiver. I think the president can say, as he's done before, you know what? I'm going to suspend the rules here and let the dreamers stay while we work this out. Uh, And I think that ultimately is going to be what we see going on as opposed to a big comprehensive legislative solution. There's a shot that Republicans actually want to do the dreamers deal. They want to let these children stay. Uh, It's like being forced to eat chocolate. Okay, make us, make us, we'll do it. They want to get this off the table. It could be a deal, but it looks tough. Hey, wanted to get your opinion really quick on this. The president tweeting this morning about crazy Jim Acosta of fake news CNN just hours after it was unveiled that CNN had to deal with a real life threat of somebody who wanted to go into their headquarters, murder people who were, you know, of, quote, the fake news of variety. Do you think the president will tone this down at all as we start to see actual real threats against members of the media? Well, you you hope so, because, uh, you know, it's the responsible thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And uh, and politically, it would be a disastrous thing to do if uh, if people felt their president was inciting violence like this. But Donald Trump rarely takes advice. He is unrestrained. Seventy year old billionaires uh, don't change. So uh, I doubt we'll see much change uh, from Donald Trump. More analysis now from another of our regular contributors, Dave Leventhal from the Center for Public Integrity. His head is spinning watching the tumult in D.C. I mean, people say sometimes, man, that the, I, I think that the third graders could run the government better than uh, the people in the government. And uh, here we are using talking sticks. Yes, where they pass the stick around in order to allow people who are in the room, senators, to have their turn to talk. And apparently then they started using uh, a basketball, sort of mumball style, uh, if, you re- if you remember your elementary school days, and it was just easier to toss around. So that's pretty much the uh, level of discourse that we had here in Washington, D.C. Uh, on Monday. Uh, Republicans are very happy, of course, uh, and that they uh, got the better end of this deal, but it's a fleeting deal, too. We, we could be a couple weeks from now, Susan, talking about the same darn thing, because this only extends out funding for the government until February 8th, so we could be doing this all over again very soon, and there are a heck of a lot of negotiating points that senators and uh, people in the House as well are going to have to work out, and it's all really coming down to immigration, what to do uh, with uh, with DACA recipients and a broader immigration bill, possibly or maybe not, uh, as, uh, as a part of uh, the mix here, and uh, it's very unclear where this is all going. You know, that fact that they had to use a talking stick, they're resulting to grade school tactics to try and talk to each other, that can't give you much hope for a deal to be made uh, within these next few weeks? Well, tr- uh, Brian, uh, trust uh, among Democrats and Republicans, and even some Democrats uh, within the Democratic caucus and Republicans within the Republican caucus is really uh, at quite a low right now. There were uh, a number of very prominent Democrats who ended up voting against this deal. Uh, I'll name a couple of names. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, 
Kirsten Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders. What, what do they all have in common? Oh, they, they might be presidential candidates in 2020. So as a result, uh, you know, you definitely have some people who were angling for potentially uh, political purposes uh, in their vote. And uh, on the Republican side, too, you had Rand Paul and Mike Lee, two conservative senators who also voted against it. So uh, there, there are some schisms even within the parties themselves. Trust is at a, a very significant low right now. But uh, this was a deal that ultimately was kind of built on trust. Uh, Chuck Schumer trusting Mitch McConnell uh, at his word on the Senate floor that Mitch McConnell would come through and consider some sort of immigration deal as we go forward over the next couple of weeks until the next deadline, again, on February 8th, when we've got to do this all over again. You know, Dave, we've been to this brink so many times before. Don't you think that fear of backlash from the public might be enough for them this time to get it done? Well, it very much takes two to tango, as the old adage goes. So if you've got one side that's holding out and another side that's holding out, too, and they just can't get to that point in the middle, then you have a situation like this. And, yes, we've been here before. In 2013, it was a lot worse because the shutdown lasted significantly longer. This really, in reality, is having a minimal effect on government operations here in D.C. and elsewhere uh, at the federal government level. But, yeah, uh, you know, the public is just absolutely fed up. Congress's poll numbers, uh, we like to talk about Donald Trump's poll numbers, but Congress's poll numbers are significantly worse as a body writ large. Uh, and uh, it'll be curious to see what uh, Donald Trump uh, ultimately does. He, he definitely tweeted a lot. He definitely said a lot. But in reality, he was kind of sidelined during this whole process. This was something that was very much between congressional Democrats and Republicans. And Donald Trump, although he uh, sent out some pictures of him working over the weekend and various other things, wasn't a key element in the ultimate crafting of this deal. Uh, and uh, oftentimes was kind of going back and forth as to uh, what uh, he found acceptable. And uh, so, so it was interesting to see Congress really taking the lead for better or for worse and getting to the point that they got to yesterday on Monday where they could vote on a bill and open back up the government. While the headline and subject matter of course, is the government shutdown. The sub-headline was DACA and immigration. Never a dull moment in this immigration showdown. There's always uh, something going on in the last year. Immigration attorney and expert Rosanna Berardi comments on all things immigration for WBEN on a regular basis. If the past is any reflection of what our future holds, I'm not really confident that by February 8th, which is in just a few weeks, there's going to be an immigration deal on the table. Now, the last time the immigration law was formally changed with any meaningful type of change or direction was back in 1996, if you could believe that. And Congress has given us a very good glimpse of how they work and what's going on. So based on the past performance, regardless of the administration, I think it's really a short time frame um, a February 8th deadline to get a meaningful, the Trump administration wants comprehensive immigration reform in addition to, you know, a DACA plan or remedy. Um, it's just a short period of time to get that done. Rosanna, there's another deadline that's coming up, though, that could affect dreamers that they're watching, right? In early March? Yeah, for sure. So when President Trump um, rescinded the DACA program, which was basically an executive order by the Obama administration, he gave Congress um, until the beginning of March to come up with a solution. And the reason that he did that is that he either had a choice of terminating it immediately or giving Congress a six-month window to get something done. Because we all have to remember, 
executive orders don't make good law. Congress should be making the law, not the president. So he gave Congress the ability and gave them plenty of time to do something, but here we go into late January, nothing's been done, and now we have two deadlines. We have February 8th, we have the beginning of March, and both sides are, are really not budging. Um, you know, in terms of DACA, if I had to predict, I would say that the Dreamers will be allowed to stay here. Um, I don't think we have the means or the ability or the desire to deport almost 800,000 people. Um, but if I had to predict what the caveat to that would be is that the Dreamers could stay, but they're not allowed to sponsor any family members. That seems to be the real crux of the argument. It's otherwise known as chain migration, saying, okay, if you're here as a Dreamer, that's great, but you can't sponsor any family members, any parents, any siblings to also have a permanent benefit in the United States. Now, do you expect whatever uh, immigration reform is visited over the next few weeks to be totally DACA-centric, or might it be more broad and deal with uh, larger immigration issues? Well, DACA is certainly the hot-button issue, but we have to remember when President Trump campaigned, comprehensive immigration reform was one of his main foundations of his campaign, and that's really what his base was seeking in supporting him. So I know the administration, through many interviews and discussions, has said, you know, look, DACA is an important part, but we really want something comprehensive. The law hasn't been changed in over 20 years. It's antiquated, doesn't reflect, you know, current um, immigration needs, current hiring needs of U.S. employers. We really want to see something more comprehensive. But I think DACA is something, it's a piece of what the government wants to happen and wants to remedy, and I think that will probably be maybe the, the entrance to more comprehensive immigration reform. Rosanna, if you had to, to guess, how many dreamers are there here in western New York? Are there hundreds or thousands? It, it's really hard to say because I haven't seen a statistical breakdown, but they say, um, you know, in the country between 700 and 800,000, I would guess in Buffalo maybe a 1,000 or, or two. Um, they tend to be, my understanding, in the larger markets, the New York, the Los Angeles, Miami, um, they tend to be in, in those areas, but I'm, I'm certain there are some in Buffalo. Back tomorrow, and we'll talk flu. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.